welcome everybody to a new a new episode of Ben Frank. Hope everybody's doing well today. I'm Frank. I'm Amelia. Hey, and it is Monday. Oh, what is today Monday or Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. I don't know. I thought today was Wednesday <laughs> oh all day, God. which is super disappointing, but I think <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome to COVID life. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um hope everybody's doing good today. Um got a special guest today, um, or tonight. Chad Clark gonna give his take on white male and rural America. But today, um, it is an interesting day. My whole day is all mixed up. I mean, oh man, hope everybody doing good. How are you doing, Amelia? I'm good. Good deal. Anything exciting for you today? Nope, just worked again today. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Maybe we should do an episode about working at home with your family home. Yeah, no kidding me. You start, you start getting my damn nerves. Yeah, honest. you're on my nerves too, but it's all good. Man, I feel like I'm carrying more weight than I should, but it is what it is. <laughs> Whatever. But um, yeah, um, yeah. I hope everybody tune in. I'm being frank now. Um, the turnout for uh, Miss Sophie yesterday was pretty good. Um, continue checking out our website at Ben Frank Now. That's Ben Frank Now on Facebook. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. In a search engine, just type Ben Frank Now. Um, I also got an Instagram started. It's Ben underscore Frank underscore now. That's Ben underscore Frank underscore now. So hop over that page. Um, nothing really too extravagant. It's the beginning pages. Um, like a little third grader might have cut and paste some things together, but I'm still learning all of this. And, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Though. Um, hop over to our Facebook page also, get some more comments and likes and what you like and what you don't like and what questions you want to ask. And, um, we're filled with advertising, which is crazy, but I forgot to print some off tonight. But if you want to broadcast or advertise your show on the Ben Frank now, send me an email at benfrank911 at gmail.com. That is Ben. Frank now nine one one at gmail dot com. So I mean, I don't know. I'm sitting back, just is really just living life. Hope everybody's doing good today. Um, really, ain't too much on the news. Um, have you seen anything lately, Amelia? No, just you know, COVID numbers going up and. Everyone panicking, but I think we're just doing more testing. That's just a personal opinion. Oh, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. My eyes were watering today. My nose was burning. Uh, my throat was burning. I don't know. I mean, maybe I got COVID or so. Hope not. You better stop. <laughs> For real. I don't know. I think it's on my head, though. I think it's all the smoke from the mountains. Oh, man. Oh, oh. We're still on fire here in Arizona. Oh, that's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I oh, hope yeah. everyone's safe. Oh, yeah. Hope everybody's safe. Um. Let's go get. Let me go ahead and ring up Chad and see is he around. Let's see where he at. Yeah, Mr. Chad Clark, are you there, sir? I'm here, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining the band, Frank, now. Yeah, with my wife, Amelia. Uh, we're sitting here. Let's see your intro that came in. You'll hear it on a playback. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Enjoying the Midwest humidity. And you're out there with the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. How's everything going, man? How the family doing, buddy? Oh, doing good. Doing good. 
Yeah, I know you said um, about your youngest son. That's not Jeter going in for surgery on Thursday, is it? Yeah, yep. Jeter's going in for surgery, and yeah, my youngest son, he swam all day, so he has fever, and he's asleep now. (laughs) Man, prayers to Jeter, man. You know, you got good kids. I see your kids on Facebook, man. You're a good father, man. I just want to give you kudos on that, and my prayers and thoughts are with um, Jeter, and you know, everything be all right, man. He's in Lord hands, and everything should be fine, brother. Amen. Thank you. Oh yeah, man. So, man, man, what's going on? Like, we, how you feel? You know, I remember we was working at the railroad in Nebraska, and we had some good conversations. You know, and you're like one of the very few Republicans. And I say I would never talk about uh, politics on air, but you're honestly the only, maybe the only Republican I know of that can shoot it from both sides and see both point of views. And that's why I had to bring you on this air because you're, I don't know too much about your background, your upbringing. Um, how was that? You know, what was, um, who was the biggest influence on your life? Um, when you became open-minded and, um, you know, because I know a lot of people from like small town, they don't really diverse themselves because really there's no diversity there. But tell me this, about the man Chad, you know, where where did all this openness, you know, the you know the the oh yeah the, yeah the, the the rural country white man that can have conversations with black people and all different type of people and walks of life. Yeah, it wasn't always that way, you know. I grew up in a really small town. Uh, there was no other color but white in that town, and then uh, out of high school, I joined the army and. Uh, that's when, you know, there was a, a whole new awakening to all sorts of different folks. And, you know, you, you hear all these different things and you come in there with different stereotypes. And you and I have talked about this before. Right. And, uh, you know, you found out that they weren't, you know, the way that you perceive them. And they are humans just like you. And they had problems like you. And, you know, when you depend on somebody to save your life and protect you and oh, be yeah. your you know, your buddy in battle, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. And that's how I figured that part of life out. Heck yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, just out of your perspective, what do you feel? I mean, I don't, I know, um, I don't really know too many blacks that are, what, um, that never say, well, I've never been around too many white people, you know, but I always see it from the white side that say, Hey, I never been around too many black people, you know? So what this, do you say stereotype? Where do you learn that stereotype from? Do you learn it from what you see on TV, what you read in magazines? I mean, your upbringing, you growing up, you said there was not, there hardly was any, if all, no blacks in your hometown where you grew up at or maybe in the surrounding area. Where do you learn about the so-called black culture and how the, that quote-unquote black people will act? Oh, well, when I was younger, you know what I mean? You know, we watched you know, Boys in the Hood and listen to rap music. And, <laughs> you know, that first, that culture enters, you know, into a small town and it takes a grip. And then you get the, you know, the older folks that say, hey, you know, why are you oh. acting like a, you know, some expletive and that, yeah. you know, and then you start getting that in your head and you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong or, right. you know, things of that nature that, you know, are probably not good for, you know, a kid to hear because then it puts notions in their head that, you know, maybe somebody is different than you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, the product that blacks create can trickle down to the small, like you said, rural town that the old, you know, what a young white kid would think is cool. 
the older generation would, you know, basically frown upon that. I never thought about that. that was- well, and I think that's where the whole, like, notion, and I mean, Chad, you and I pretty much come from the same place. It's just a different state, right? <laughs> so I think uh, that's kind of where the notion of. I don't think Chad know where you're exactly from. So you oh, know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I'm from Nebraska. But he don't know that, like, you're a small town oh, and all that. Yeah. yeah, well, small town, rural Nebraska. So Yeah, I, I came from a, a small town in Iowa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the closest thing that you see out there to, you know, somebody of color is, you know, it's the interstate battery guy stopped at the, you know, mechanic <laughs> shop, you know what I mean? And, and then you were like, oh, man, you know. <laughs> well, and then everybody hears about it. Did you see the black guy that stopped at the quick six? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that would be an all-day event. What was he Somebody doing in town? About it Whose house station. is he at? That, 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 like, hey, man, at the oh, at the shit. mechanic shop earlier. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's a talk at coffee for the entire week, trying to figure out where that man came from. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious! But, yeah, that is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, it 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 takes a I mean, it takes a long time, you know, when you when you're growing up to to figure out, you know, what kind of person you're going to be and, you know, what kind of, you know, how, where your morals are going to lie. And, you know, I didn't realize any of those until, you know, after I left that town, you know, because if I would have stayed there, you know, I might be a whole different person today. Right. And I want to thank you for being open-minded because like I said, when I first met you, I'm like, this dude cool as hell. But I remember you came up to me, what's up dog? You know, I'm like, who the hell is this dude, man? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> and I just heard you on the radio. I'm like, Oh man, we, who is this guy acting like this? But I want to thank you, you know, because you are, I mean, if I, not, to, I mean, if you're going to judge a book by his cover, I'm like, that dude don't talk to white, I mean, black people, you know what I mean? He's from Iowa. You know, he got a big old fat dip in his mouth or sunflower seeds. He, he drives a truck, you know, and it's a stereotype, which is not fair. You know, as much blacks hate to be stereotype, I guarantee you probably have had your fair share of being stereotype. Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. So at what, like, when, so you were in the military. Did you say the army? I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for your service, by yes, the way. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Like, yeah, and you know, oh, go ahead, go no, ahead. I you you go ahead. I can ask my question in a little bit. Maybe you'll answer it. Go ahead. Oh no, I mean, yeah. When you know, when I first entered the service, and you know, you you're bunking in these houses with you know a hundred people at a time, and I mean, my whole platoon basically it was about ninety percent black and Hispanics, and just a couple white guys. So, I mean, I was you know like you know, had that, you know, that stereotype fear that you have when you don't know the unknown, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and then all of a sudden these guys are, Hey, what are you doing tonight? We're going to go to the, you know, the local bar. You want to go hang out? And it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that'd be cool. So then you learn their culture, they learn your culture. And oh, yeah. I mean, most of the time it was, you know, it, we all knew that what we were fighting for was the same thing. So, yes, I mean, if the rest of society would, would view the world that way that we're all fighting for the same thing then i think there would be a lot different outcomes to what's going on in the world oh yeah yeah so you yeah you did kind of answer my question my question was just going to be like what was your turnaround moment or what like did you have one experience where you were like you know what it's my responsibility to educate myself on other people in the world um 
But it kind of sounds like people reaching out to you and just saying, hey, do you want to grab, grab a beer was kind of your opening to, you know, learning about different people. Yeah. And, and I was always super curious because, you know, it's like, wow, man, I've never been around anybody of color in my whole life. So, you know, at 17, 18 years of age, you're like, well, this is my chance. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and how crazy to grow up in a society where, or in a culture where there weren't any black people or Hispanic people or anybody. And then at 17, 18 years old, a majority of your platoon is our people of color. And all of a sudden you rely on them to keep you alive or to keep you safe. Yeah. Or like, that's a, that's crazy to think about. Like, I don't know anything about people that look like you. I don't know anything about your culture, but I rely on you to keep me safe and alive. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yep. No. And even after, you know, we got out and, we're on permanent dirty duty posts, uh, you know, of separate from each other. We still invited. I had a friend of mine from the Bronx that when I was on R and R, he invited me to with his family, and he had a tiny little apartment in the Bronx, probably 300 square feet with six people living in it. And uh, you know, that was another thing that I got to see that was pretty wild. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> and he said that was pretty big for where he lived. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry about that, New York. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? And they probably paid a fortune for it also. Um. So what was your experience yeah. like with his family? Like, what, what was your vibe? How did you feel? Like, how did you make yourself comfortable there? Uh, I mean, they were super, super nice. So I didn't have to, you know, try to impress anybody or anything. And they knew that we were, we served together and, you know, so, I mean, there was, you know, no, nothing quarrelsome there. Uh, and I always heard the streets of New York and the Bronx were tough and, you know, all of the horror stories. But, I mean, during the time that I was there, it was, it was, you know, I didn't go down to the projects or anything, but, you know, I didn't. <laughs> um, everything that I saw was super cool. Oh, yeah. So fast forward into the, to today in this climate we live in right now, what do you think is going on? Is I mean, besides political, it, are we in a situation in the times that it's mayor in 1960 all over again? Are black and whites really at each other's throats like that? Or is it blacks? You know, it's, it's start. It's, it is, it's being pushed that way. You know, I mean, we see it every day and it's talked about every day. You know, and it's 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 being pushed really hard for us to to hate each other, and I mean, um, I hope it doesn't last. I really do. So, what? You're a father. What do you tell your kids? What's going on when they see on TV the stuff they see? Because it's everywhere. You know, they're talking about hell. I was watching CNN, and they had Sesame Street on air. So, you know, what I'm saying they're taking kids, um. TV shows and putting them on their news, basically passing the agenda to them, you know, and vice versa. And what can you tell our youth? I'm talking about our kids, like what's going on in society that maybe a black parent, white parent down in another state, Southern region or some other region that is basically talking the opposite of, Hey, you know, this happened in my time in the sixties it's time to um, knuckle up, fellas, and this is how we're going to do it. You're going to hate such and such and such and such and such and such and such. 
what kind of knowledge and instillment are you putting in your kids to let them know, hey, yeah, we're from different backgrounds. There's people different colors, but we got to get along. What kind of knowledge are you passing to your kids? Yeah, my kids, they, they pretty much know and, and that everybody is the same. I mean, it, you know, you're going to look different. Some people are not going to look the same as you. And right now, none of my kids notice that, and I thank God for it. But, you know, uh, they bring their friends over here. I mean, I know it's shameful with the COVID, and yeah. I'm past that shaming part. <laughs> but, you know, their friends come over here, and, you know, my littlest son, his best friend is is uh, a black kid. And, uh-huh. you know, he has a great time over here. We play PlayStation. We go swimming and do trampolining and uh, you know, his mom is a security guard at the jail. And okay. so when she has to work, you know, overnights, he stay the night with us and, you know, it, and nothing changes. I mean, I don't tell my kid to treat them any different and right. they don't know any different. I don't think so. So you right believe- now everything, you know, there'll, there'll be a time I'll have to explain it. I imagine. Right. Of course. Of course. Yes. As we all do. Yes. I totally understand that. So you're looking around the news and you know what's going on. The monuments are getting taken down. Um, Jeff, well, Jefferson Davis and Andrew Jackson. I mean, you name it. George Washington. They're they're trying to erase history. How you feel about that? Yeah, I, exactly that. You know, is you know, I don't I don't agree with it. Uh you know, you tearing down pieces of history, whether it be good or bad. I mean, it's still something that we need to learn from. I don't know. Maybe instead of tearing them down, maybe add something to it. Maybe a little plaque that explains, you know, what happened with that person and what they did in their lives and how we can learn from the mistakes of their past. And if they were a good guy, what they did that was good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know who defines, you know, what, what, who did all the best good. You know what I mean? But right. Yeah, I mean, I think there are severe consequences if you start erasing history, you know. It might not be in my lifetime, your lifetime, or a kid's lifetime, but there's going to be a lifetime that all the history that we have erased during our lifetime, during that next lifetime, is going to repeat itself. You know, if you start erasing, it tends to repeat. It will end up repeating, and it's going to come back different and harder and harder. And they, they, they don't have anything to go back on to like understanding why is it going on? What's going on? Because I love history. You know, it teaches. Oh yeah. yeah. It teaches me where I came from, where I'm going to, how do I succeed? You know, it's like, it's like a playbook to me, you know? So I use history as a playbook. And I think as a society, we need to use it as a playbook of make sure we don't make the same mistakes as we did. or Our parents or our forefathers made in the past, but for some reason, some, this generation is trying to, erase history and it's not good at all right and you know and that brings me to another point is uh this the generation that's doing all the tearing down and you know the the anarchy side of the the protest uh, you know that reflects badly on our society mm-hmm. is you know the folks that were given trophies that they didn't earn and you know made teams that they shouldn't have made yep. and you know, you know, yep. giving pre passes through school, and it's like you know, yep. if you don't earn anything, you are expect everything. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, wow. I I remember I was talking to somebody about that. I I truly believe that, and and it's sad. It's sad that it's taking place. Um, but for the, 
I, I see. I don't want to dip into another episode, but for the uh, police officer and the brutality with police officers, what's your take on that? Because I mean, it's all it's been um, magnified more and more each week. Uh, officers getting oh yeah, for this and, and, this. and rightfully show. So I mean, it's a huge problem in our country. It's a huge problem in uh, many countries if you look at the stats. But this one especially, you know, you guys work without impunity and. And not, not to take anything, my brother-in-law is a police officer, and he's okay. a damn good one. Right. But uh, but as far as, like, you know, them getting away with all this shit for so long, uh, I don't know if I can cut No, yeah, 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 yes, you can, yes, okay. yes, you can, you can. Shit. Okay, but, uh, yeah, as far as them getting away with what they get away with, you know, it's it's gone too far, and there needs to be reform. I don't think it needs to be defunded. I don't think it needs to be, but there needs to be, a, a you know, a weeding out process that it goes past the union you know, because right now, a lot of those guys are protected by contracts and you yes. know all kinds of mumbo jumbo. Yes. But uh, there's there's definitely a problem, and that you know, and even as a white man, I don't feel totally safe being pulled over. <laughs> you know what I mean? When oh, somebody oh, pulls yeah. me over, you know, your your chances of coming out of that, you know, in confrontation with you know, you know, start to start elaborate. To after yeah, a while. elaborate more on that because my black audience probably you probably caught their attention on that because they probably like, wow, a white man feel threatened to be pulled over by a white cop oh yeah you know i don't care what color the cop is i mean they're still a cop and they have procedures and they've got it trained in their mind just like a soldier you yeah, know what i mean they've yeah. they've got they've got a whole thing set up you know from the academy on up that you know there's a certain operating procedure and if you don't follow that procedure or if you're deemed a threat or you start mouthing off they're going to put you in your place because they demand you know total you know, submissiveness. And mm-hmm. that's the part of our, our country that has really, you know, taken a nosedive. You know, if you look back in, you know, the Barney Fife and Andy Griffith yes, days, yeah. you know, there was no cops beating people up right. and junk like that. As far as that, I mean, you know, you move into the sixties, that starts to change, you know, right. you know, the segregation of schools and you know, desegregation, I should say, and all of that, where, you know, the cops started, cracking skulls and all that junk and then you know once they were given the okay to you know beat the crap out of you without any penalty i mean i mean that's one thing that i am looking forward to you know this whole uprising changing well and i think one thing that kind of i'm fearful for i just had a conversation today with my stepmother about she said did you hear in oklahoma the there is a town in oklahoma that is a decent sized town and they're they've they've cleared out their cops. They, they're just, they're revamping. And I don't think there are any cops on duty right now from the way it sounds. And that's scary because you still need law enforcement in your towns. Like you still, we still need cops. I think all police, um, off are all, what are they called? Law enforcement. No. Oh my gosh. My blank, blank. He just went blank, blank. But I think, I yeah. think all, no. um, I think every, I think the whole police force needs to be revamped, and I think there needs to be retraining. And I think, because I, I would agree, I think it's kind of like a soldier mentality of this is what I need you to do, and if you don't do it, then I'm going to take control of the situation. That, and I would agree with you right now that it's super scary because I think tension is so high that even just asking, what am I getting pulled over for? could be seen as being non-compliant 
And I, and I think officers are scared. I think people are scared. And so everybody just needs to take a step back and realize that at the end of the day, we all just want to go home to our families and be safe and do what we got to do in a safe manner. And I just, I, I'm praying that we get there soon because it's just spiraling out of control. I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. If, you know, if there were no cops anywhere, and I think we saw that in Atlanta, you know, recently Mm -hmm. with them not answering their calls, uh, you know, if there's no cops anywhere, then the criminal element, the people that were, you know, want to, you know, cause mayhem and stuff, they'll have free reign. Yeah. And that puts, you know, the people doing the right thing, you know, at risk. So we definitely need them. We just, we need them to be a little better. I think I have another question for you is, um, like, how do you feel about the leadership that we have in our country right now? And I'm not necessarily talking about our president, just like, you know, at a city level, at a state level, just kind of like where this whole thing is going and where we because there's just there's so much back and forth. And again, I'm not just talking about the president because I know he's all over the place and like in the news and everything like that. But just like as a country, like where do you see us going and like what what is this going to be? Because there's so many people that are like against each other right now. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, What I see going on in the political landscape is, you know, during the 90s and 2000s, everybody was in the middle. And, you know, that's why everything went so, so well for, you know, us as citizens. And now everybody is screaming to the edges, either far left or far right. to try to try to be, you know, the most, you know, aggressive they can be on their side of the platform so that they can have the loudest voice. And, you know, the, the, that only causes trouble because, you know, if you're not near the middle, you can't compromise on anything. So, nope. uh, you know, and as far as the president goes, he, you know, Frank knows that I'm a Trump guy and that probably gives me some hate points on, on some viewers. But, oh, you're fine. No, you know, I, think, me, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he says some really wild ass shit. He really does. <laughs> yeah, he but does. I think that, I think that he's got the right vision for, you know, this country keeping up. And I like the policy of, of this country being first rather than giving away all of our stuff away to other countries. You know, I, I would rather us, you know, rebuild our industries rather than outlet to China. Exactly. And, you know, all, you know, then that's where that's, that's the, the reason why, you know, you know, I stick with that support. And that, but and as far as the rest of the politicians, uh, they're politicians and I don't, like politicians, so <laughs> <laughs> you know. And to talk about that, since we're talking about Trump and um, your and you, you feel that his vision is going in the right direction for the country. How do you defend Trump when you hear from other political parties, precisely the Democrats and Blacks, that say he's a racist? How can you defend that? Well, as far as that you know, I didn't. I've not ever seen or heard of him saying or doing anything to that nature. You know, he's always been a businessman, and I think he'll do business with anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I there's probably something out there that you know I mean, they're they self out. Well, right now it's that whole what Kung Pao or Kung Flu. Kung Flu. Yeah, Kung oh, Flu. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, and that's just part of his lexicon. You know, that's 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 how. 
You know, he <laughs> operates, he says crazy shit. We all know he says crazy shit. Yeah, he yeah. might not be all there, but. <laughs> <laughs> and another question I like to ask you. How do you feel about Black Lives Movement? How do you feel when Black Lives say, "Hey, our life matter," and then I and I see that on social media a lot. And this, I mean, I'm just going by social media. First, it was Black Lives Matter, and then the and hey, I mean, I'm going to say it: white folks came back with no Blue Lives Matter, and it's like, okay, damn, you know, you're going tit for tat, you know. Nobody's oh, not, yeah. yeah, so it's huge, yeah, so. How you feel about this whole life matter, the black life matter, the blue life matter, all life matter? What's your Yeah, I mean, about that? you're wrong no matter no matter how you how you spit it out, you know what I mean? It's uh I do think that black lives matter and I think that they're in a you know, a cautious position right now in this country and they have been since you know, they were shipped over here. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. This country has, you know, done done the black man wrong. And there's nothing we can change about the past. We can only go forward. Exactly. You know what I mean? Is uh, but as far as the movement, I like the movement. I, I'm not real fond of the actual group. Right. Black Lives Matter. Right. Uh, you know, you know, doing research. A lot of their funding goes straight to you know the Democratic Party, and you know, which is fine. I, do, I guess that's the party that supports them the most. So, <laughs> right, but. I hear you. <laughs> but no, as far as you know, Black Lives Matter is 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 a excellent movement. I understand the message, and you know, uh, you know, I don't know as a white man really what to say too much more about it. Is well, how will you feel? You know, I, I how, want the. Do you think I there should be there a, to be equality for sure? Of course, and do you think there should be a all um a all uh white. Power, you know, not really white power. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for like white lives. Yeah, do all white lives matter? Do all brown lives matter? Do all lives matter? Yeah, I think they all matter. You know, I mean, I think everybody getting um, confused when we say Black Lives Matter. The reason why we're saying that, saying it, is because I feel like our life is in danger right now. And what I mean by our life yeah, are in danger. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just that's exactly what I said. Is you know the. Right now, you can look at the statistics up and down the board, and it's, you know, impartial as to, you know, incarcerations, murders, uh, you name it. Every single thing on the book is, you know, the black man has the the, the biggest hill to climb. All right. I appreciate it. I mean, you have been very insightful. You say the most. You're, you're fair. You're very fair. You know, for a Republican, you're fair. And it's hard to say that nowadays, though. Seriously, it's like you don't see too many Republicans that see both sides of the fence. You really don't. But I think that and I think that comes from, I mean, he said it when we first started talking is that like just exposure and getting out there and meeting new people and getting to know other people. It, I mean, again, it doesn't matter what political party you're in or you stand by. It just it's a matter of just knowing people. And getting along with people and understanding who people are. And, and even if you get to know somebody and they're not your cup of tea, that's okay. But at least you gave it an effort to educate yourself about a different culture or race. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And um, I've been making a point lately, Chad. Um, you know, I'm in Arizona right now. And ever since um, this tension have been rising, I've been making a point to go introduce myself to any white or black person. I mean, hell, I was at the um 
at this uh, mechanic shop about a couple weeks ago. And um, there was a, I'm going to say about four or five people in there, different races. And it was quiet. And I'm like, hey, how how everybody doing? Everybody good? Man, they, people look at me like I was crazy. And then all of a sudden, everybody started talking. <laughs> you know, everybody started talking and laughing. And like, I'm like, hey, I had to break the ice, you know, because right now, the climate we're living in, we need to get together. We need to talk, you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, here's the thing. And I've been reading social, I mean, reading social media, watching the news. There's one problem I'm having, though. White people have been way too nice right now to blacks. For I, I don't oh, I don't know why right. you know they're, they're, you're going over you're going to overkill stop you know oh yeah and it, it's well, making I mean, me feel it's, uneasy it's, right it's it's been a huge social you know you know outpouring of you know that you know the white man is a bad man so now they got to try to you know flip the script and say oh well, ho, let's be super nice and bring everybody pies and all that stuff you know <laughs> yeah yeah but. <laughs> You know, do rolling out the neighborhood carpet and everything, but yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, there's going to be overcompensation for, you know, people's. You know, they. I don't know. There's probably labels, but you know, there's a lot of folks that have guilt that may be unjust or may be just. I don't know. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It would be interesting to know, like, people that are protesting right now. Like, I know there's a lot of people protesting because they truly want to make a change yeah. in the world. And I'm I'm not downplaying oh, yeah. what they're that. doing yes. right now at all. Yes. But it'd be really interesting to know how many people that are protesting are doing it just because it's the flavor of the month. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. And that's, that's scary to me because you're not going to make change doing that. And, I mean, looking at the population of people that are doing it, it's kind of, kind of par for the course. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I don't know what your thoughts are about that, Chad. Uh, yeah, I I think that uh, you know the only you know there, there's a you know critical question that you can ask yourself to 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 find out you know where you stand is on that is you know would you let your son or daughter marry somebody of the opposite race? Wow. Would that would that make you would that make you feel terrible? Would that make you feel judgmental? You know. When I look at my children and say, you know, hey, would my daughter marry a black man? Would that bother me? And, you know, the answer to me is no, because I know a lot of really good black men. I know a lot of really crappy white men. And it goes both ways. I mean, the spectrum doesn't, doesn't you know, there's uh, no racial guidelines to being a good or bad person. Yeah. That's a that's a really good point. I just yeah, I think right now the thing that's scary for me is that we have all these people protesting and it's kind of like I'm waiting for them to like wear their t-shirt that says I went to Black Lives Matter and I bought the t-shirt because that's like <laughs> basically <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like that, that's basically that the vibe I'm getting right now. Like I was at Black Lives Matter and I bought the t-shirt. Go me, you know. So I really hope that people Oh yeah. that are you, out there You can there, tell there's a lot of those there's a lot of those people out there that oh, are shit. there just to be a part of something that they can say they were a part of. I made of it on the news. Yes. <laughs> they could care less either way. Yeah. I'm not working right now. I might as well go protest something. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, I really hope that. I guess that's my message is that if you're really out there, I really hope that's what truly is in your heart. And I, Chad, I, Chad, I think that's an amazing point. You know, yeah. if your son or daughter brought home somebody from the opposite race yeah. and said, you know what, this is the person I'm going to marry. What are your thoughts about that? Because I think that's a really good reflection for a lot of people. Yeah. And my listeners that are out there. Comment on that question right there. I like that. That was uh-huh. that was like one of the best ones I've heard in a while. You know, um, I want to hear your feedback on being frank now. 
on our Facebook page, Ben Frank Now. Send an email, benfranknow91 at gmail.com. Would you let your son or daughter date the opposite race? That's a good question, Chad. Like, <laughs> I didn't think about that. That was a damn good question, bro. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people can say that they're, you know, not racist or don't, you know, have any feelings towards it. But until you put that test to your own family, then that's that's when you know where, who you are. Well, and I think it kind of comes down to, I mean, I know growing up, I heard, you know, you can be friends with black people, but you can't date them. Or, uh, and so I think that's a true testament of like how parents truly feel and kind of, and you know what, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. That's fine. But as a parent, that's a huge reflection that you have to have on what you're going to do because we know kids are going to be kids. So they're going to, they're going to do what they want to do. So what are you going to do with that? That's true. That is absolutely true. Well, Chad, you know, I mean, man, you gave us a damn good segment, brother. Um, I appreciate you staying awake right now, um, having this conversation. I know you got a busy life right now. Um, I miss you, man. You know, you're you're one of the good ones out there. You're one of the good ones out there. Um, yeah, I miss you too, brother. Yeah, man. And uh, with this, um, hope everything get back up and running. You know, we got some good paying jobs, man. I miss it. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, man. I hope the economy get back, get that oil pumping again, get that freight moving, and um, yeah. I mean, shit. I think we might cross down past one day again in life. But man, you're always welcome on the show. My prayers out to your um, son Jeter. Thursday morning. You, th- Thursday morning, he's going in, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anybody out there that's listening, you know, just send a prayers to his son tonight. Um. Jeter, have a procedure done on Thursday. Good kid. Damn good kid. I love watching his football picture. I love sending him his um, shoulder pads and helmet, man. It's so funny. He posted that last year. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you something about little kids in football uniforms, man. Like, yeah, he getting it. But yeah, brother. Um, you're always welcome on the show, man. Um. I'm excited to hear the feedback on this show. Um, I do respect your point of views, your knowledge. Um, I miss talking to you, man. I mean, you always kept it 100 with me. And, you know, God bless you and your family. Um, it's going to be interesting. When November come around, I just hope the United States don't change because I think we might be heading somewhere that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be crazy. and Yeah. Yeah, the Lord will always be there with us, so we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just want to thank you for your time, and like Frank said, we're definitely praying for you and your family this week. So, all right, thanks, Amelia. Thanks, yeah. Frank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the, being on your show. Oh, by the way, um, Nebraska and Iowa's not going to win no games this year, so you can go ahead and cancel that. Go ahead and root for Ohio State, and we got room on the USC bandwagon. You want to hop on there too, brother? Ridiculous. <laughs> if there's any football this season. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's what you say to him. Go, you know what? There's not going to be any football this year, so take that. <laughs> All right, Chad. Hey, God bless you, man. You have a good night, sir, and I'll be in touch with you, brother. All right. Be good, man. All right. Take it easy, bud. That was Chad Clark, white man in rural America. That was a good episode, wasn't it? Man? That was good. He had a lot of good insight. Man, I'm really interested. I mean, he, he dropped some drop a bomb you know how will you let your son or daughter date the opposite race and you know what's crazy is you know if we had talks off the radio you know how i feel about that and yeah it make me think now i'm gonna have y'all here to talk to you about some things that'd be another episode because i think I, for me as a parent as long as you treat my child well and they're happy that's all that matters but 
Oh man, that was that was a fun fill episode right there with Chad. And, hey, it was good. It was yeah. a good episode tonight. Um, we got some more coming this week. Mr. Scott um, Castillo views of a Hispanic, and then follow up with the home run hitter Sunday with Stallings. Then next week should be a pretty good week, and with Stacy Frank step parenting. Yep. And um. Who else is after that? That's it, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. They, I don't know. Yeah. We've got so much good stuff going on. I can't remember. I oh, just yeah. go with the flow every day. Oh, yeah. Keep me busy. But, hey, um, I appreciate all you guys. The numbers are looking excellent. We're at 1,000 downloads. And today's our two, um, second week. That's awesome. Two-week anniversary today. A 1,000 downloads. We love you guys. We appreciate it. Like I say every time, no matter your social or economical status, your race, your, politi- your political views, it doesn't matter your sexual orientation. We love you. Thank you for listening. Always tune in. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And also check into our Facebook page at Being Frank Now. Instagram, being underscore Frank underscore now. Or send us an email at beingfranknow911 at gmail.com. We love you guys. Have a good night. We out. <laughs>